With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. I have a really cool good news story for you that I'm going to share with the Good News Gals. It's so fun when we have a full house in here. I hope you enjoy it. Generally, the Good News Gals, they'll introduce themselves so you know who's talking because there are a bunch of us in here today. Uh, we have a Jennifer is here, Jennifer Bishop, and we also have Cindy. Miss Cindy is here looking for her headphones. And uh, Donna, Donna runs a, a wonderful women's ministry, Jericho Girls. Michelle is here. Michelle, our real estate agent and social butterfly. I think you, you and Cindy, I think, might be the most social. I don't know, though, Jen. Jen is pretty yeah. social, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Monique and I are a little more reserved. Like, we have our, we're, we're a little more laid back. Isn't that right, Monique? I, I have to feel people out. <laughs> so funny. I'm always like, what do you want? Uh-huh. And... Um, that yeah. is so, it's, you know, it's so funny you say that because once I started talking to you because I, I said, oh, I'm the snack mom. I hate being the snack mom because I do not think my kids half an hour, 45 minutes playing soccer or volleyball need like a juicy box and some Cheetos and, you know, and a, and a Rice Krispie bar. Right. I just don't think it's necessary. But that's like a big thing here. Yeah, it's not it a big thing in other parts of the country. So my colleagues made fun of me and they made this like, one uh, email that we can only get into and the. Um, the um, password is snack mom because I'm constantly buying snacks for all these sports they're in. And so that, I met Monique and she was looking at me. I could tell she's suspicious of why are you coming? What do you want? You know, <laughs> and then they warmed up because I had a, uh, I had a shirt on, I think, that had their daughter's high school on it. So then we started chatting, you know, and and then we met, of course, then we bonded over Jesus. Because yes. once I said Jesus, then she hugged me. Then it was all, <laughs> then it was all over. And, and it's not like I'm the type of person where if you're not a Christian, I'm more because I want to draw you. Yeah. Yes. But yes. it is yes. so refreshing to meet another Christian. It's like, oh, <laughs> my peeps, like my peeps. Like you found them in a dark room and you were like looking around for somebody. And you're like, oh, there you are. <laughs> you're in the corner by the light. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Jesus, I just had to share this with you guys. So Faith had to write. And those of you who had kids in this grade have seen this before. And it's the best part of me. And so here's little Faith. She's in third grade. Oh. And she's got her um, hand shaped like a heart. And so here's her little essay that she wrote. I won't read the whole thing. but So she's making a little heart in front of her heart. And it says, uh, the best part of me by Faith. The best part of me is my heart because it reminds me of Jesus. I'm also Christian. Jesus is everywhere, even in my heart. Also, people say I have a strong heart. Like in church, people say you are kind and you are brave, which makes you have a strong heart. And I eat well and exercise. <laughs> I love it. And and then she goes on, and it's kind of interesting because you wonder how, like, death affects kids. And she talks about um, Uncle Sean and how he used to touch his heart and touched her heart and that he died last summer. 
and that um, that also makes her think about her heart because you know, and then it's it uh, it ends in a typical kid fashion. It com- pumps my blood, and without my heart, I would die. <laughs> <laughs> Get the real. end. Yeah. The end. Let's the end. sum it all up here. But isn't that the sweetest picture of it her? Is. Oh. Those pictures that they take every year for that project are the most beautiful pictures yeah. ever. Because we saved all, we saved Sienna's, and I, I don't remember if Lauren had those two. I remember Sienna because she talked about her eyes. She has yeah. really green yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those are people, great pictures. Yeah, aren't they? You yeah, I thought so, too. You can see inside of her soul. Uh-huh. Well, Riley said he liked his arms because they're very strong. They <laughs> <laughs> biceps. Such so a I still boy remember answer. that. Yeah. And then remember the ones that sometimes you'll walk down the hall and you'll see kids talking about their parents? And I posted one yesterday that says, why well, I love my mom. My mom loves apples. My mom is very good at what? At eating apples. I'm like, well, I, am, I do more than eat apples. And then um, it was just so cute because... Um, then we, I was walking down the hallway and I saw one that said, my, my mom is very good at talking on her cell phone. I was like, oh, how embarrassing is that Ooh. one? That is so embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. My mom likes to drink mommy juice and it's in a little glass. It's like a wine glass. Mommy and you're juice. like, that is not juice. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's an adult beverage. I know. Isn't that? Isn't that wait. What, what, what? That wasn't your kid, was it? Sorry. No, that wasn't my kid. But it's just bringing back all these stories to me. So the other day, I had a brunch for my divorce girlfriends at my house before Mother's Day so we could all lift each other up before Mother's Day Aww. came around. And uh, I had a whole bunch of juice left over the next day when the kids came back to my juice. house. Okay. <laughs> like yes. juice and containers That's... in the fridge. Yes. So uh, I'm like, kids, there's all kinds of juice in the fridge. And mommy's like, uh, Sienna said, Mommy, are you sure that's juice? Because the last time you said that, it was a mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is hilarious. Single mommy. <laughs> all the single mommies, all the single mommies. I'm like, they, all, they know it's best to ask, ask especially yes. after I had people over, because right. you just don't know. That is really <laughs> funny. Oh, All right, so here's a story that I'm going to share with you guys that really touched my heart, because there's a website, and this man's name is Brad that runs this site, and he wrote a book as well. And I just love it when people invest in these websites that are all about the good. And this one is uh, called I Like Giving. And then he had a book, I Like Giving. And every once in a while, they'll do, um, they call them films. They'll do a little movie about an I Like Giving story. And then you can share your I Like Giving, you know, um, stories. You can just go onto the website and write something up about some way that you've given or your family's given. And I didn't know this when I watched this a couple years back. This was his own family story, and I don't want to give away too much, but the mom really wasn't on board at first. She had plans for the weekend, and I don't know about you guys, but if your spouse has a plan <laughs> and then, like, you want to deviate from the plan, my husband likes to stick with a plan. Mm-hmm. And so um, she wanted to stick with their plan, but the kids had this idea to be kind to others. And they have a whole bunch of stories on here about adoption and um, parenting and uh, foster care and just wonderful stories of giving and so this is their own family story and again I didn't know that till I interviewed him and I was just so impressed with how they ended up giving back to another family that had gone through some hardships and so this is the dad Brad and his family so my husband is reading the Sunday paper and he comes across an article that talks about this refugee family that had gotten their bikes stolen. Their bikes were their transportation. And he says, you need to read this. The kids got up and it was craziness and Brad talked about what a refugee family was and and then he asked the question, 
well, what can we do about this? My nine-year-old pipes in and says, I think we need to go get them bikes. And Brad said, you're right, that's what we should do. We should go get them bikes. And I thought, oh my gosh. I'm thinking we're gonna show up with bikes and they probably have at least five or six bikes by now. And my kids are gonna be so disappointed and we're going to spend our Sunday dealing with this rather than having our family day like we were going to have. We get in the car, we're all excited. We head to the store to pick out the bikes. The boys wanted to find a certain color and we knew that they had one son and so the boys wanted to pick out the bike for the boy. We pile the bikes in the car and we're really excited. As we drive down the road, we realize we really don't know where we're going. My husband called the church that was affiliated with this family. They couldn't give out the address. And he is persistent and said, it looks as though this is in this part of town, is that right? And the voice on the other end said, you're right, it's in that part of town. I kept thinking, I'm sure somebody has already made sure that this family has bikes. And so there is a line of these duplex homes and we had to figure out which home was theirs. The picture in the paper had a hose reel on the front and sure enough, one of the kids said, there it is, there's the hose reel. And there's no one home. So we decide to wait and a half an hour goes by two hours, three hours, and by that time, I'm ready to leave. We've waited long enough. My husband said, let's make one more pass through the neighborhood, and then we can go home. Then the excitement starts. They're home. The little boy was telling his dad, these bikes are for us. And the only thing that the dad could say was, I like bike, I like bike. And he had the biggest smile on his face and he's like, I like bike. I said to the boy, have you gotten a bike yet? And he said, no ma'am. That was kind of a turning point for me. I think so often the need is so close that you miss it. Experiencing that joy when we drove away and how my kids were saying, that was so cool, that was so cool. Did you see their faces? That was what was so meaningful to me. I love the mom because oh, she was you're totally crying. not on board. <laughs> yes. And I could see myself doing that. Like, really? Like, we have so much to do and they're not there. And yep. can't we leave them at the church? And I love that when she said, well, someone else has probably already done it. So right. we'll just be duplicating there. Like we foresee the disappointment. We foresee that like it's already been done. Like why do why are we waiting? We're wasting our day. We're wasting our efforts. And she said sometimes the need is so close and you miss it. 
Absolutely. And I just read something in a devotional that said even delayed responses to God's calling is disobedience. Mm. And that really convicted me. I'm like, yeah, when God puts something on our hearts like this, um, even delayed responses to God's calling is disobedience. So when he asks you to do something, it's like, okay, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it right now. Mm -hmm. And even when it doesn't pan out, just like this family is sitting there in front of this house for hours and hours, I'd have been like, okay, well, we tried, let's go home. You know, I got time is money. I got to go. And they were obedient to God's call. They didn't delay. They didn't wait. And they had the blessing in that. And their kids got to see the blessing in that. Mm -hmm. And I remember interviewing him, Brad, saying how touched he was with the story. And he said, that's our story. That's my family's story. That's how we started this whole I Like Giving. That was like the impetus for us to start this. Mm-hmm. And then now they have the book and the website. And it's really beautiful. And uh, it reminds me of one other story I did that really touched my heart. So many of us as Christians think, you know, well, you know, if I didn't have my family, I would be traveling overseas. I'd be doing missions work. You know that ship thing where they, like, help kids with cleft palates as doctors without borders? I'd be like a doctor without borders or something. Or I'd be helping out on the ship. Or I could do all that stuff with my life. Well, this family had a beautiful home. You know, your split level, four bedrooms, a whole nine yards. And they lived in the comfort of a, you know, suburb in a nice community. And they ended up moving into a trailer park, and that became their mission area. So it was right down the street. They sold their home. And what they did with this trailer park is mind-blowing. They've set up, like, a community center, and then they have, like, um, classes to help people, whether it be to learn English or improve their math, um, to help them get an education. They have all kinds of daycare for the kids. And now people are wanting to move into this trailer park. It used to be dangerous and, you know, uh, really shoddy looking. And now there's flowers and community. And one of the women was talking about how they'd lost someone in her family. I believe it was a grandchild. And she said that they just came around her and loved her. And that uh, this, this family said that your mission field doesn't have to be in another country. It can be right down the block. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times we think it has to be this super creative, amazing thing. And that my mission field after I left TV and went into this type of radio became radio. That to reach people with the hope of Christ, you know, over the radio, because a lot of people don't get the blessing of going to church. And when I really started going to church, it was a few times with my mom, but then after my parents' divorce, and there was so much violence in my childhood, and bad language, and alcohol, and drugs, that to be brought into church, like, I didn't feel worthy of that love that God offers you, that Christ offers you. And so that was life-changing for me. So I feel, like, compelled to offer that same opportunity, you know, over radio, or whether it be, you know, now that things are advancing, whether it be, you know, podcasts or live streams, but to give people that hope, um, because many people don't get the blessing of being brought through the doors of a church. They might just hear it behind their steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And Angie, that reminds me of a saying that I always keep in my heart, in my mind, and uh, that is, we all can serve the Lord uh, with the ground beneath our own two feet. Mm-hmm. We don't right. need to go to the other side of the world mm-hmm. or mission trips because the field's right in front of us. Yes, and so many people feel called, and that's great to have a calling to want to go to Africa or China or wherever you're called. But I think the people who say, well, if I didn't have this, I would do that, that is, you know, losing God's blessing. That is being a delayed response and being disobedient to God because there's so much we can do right here where we're planted, and there's such a huge need right here. Mm -hmm. You know what? The other day, um, well, I was 
searching for stories for this show, I ran across this thing. I wanted to do it with you guys, but it would take too long. But it's one of those like Facebook quizzes. But it was what volunteer activity oh, is I best like, for you, best suited for you. Oh, yeah. And it was it was like 20 questions long. So that's why I was like, ah, this would be too hard to do for the radio. But I think I should send it along to you guys because it seems like it would be something really cool you could pass around. It was like a Reader's Digest or something quiz. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Uh, it was really cool. I was like, it totally made me think of you guys like, well, I'm, we're not sure we want to do something, but we're not sure what or if I would like that or if I would hate every second of it. And, you know, like you want to talk yourself into doing the really good volunteer stuff but what if you hate it the whole time so there's so many other things you can do where you actually feel good you have fun and you're doing good yes awesome we, my husband and i we had a nonprofit. It was called extra hands for als and we would team up high school and college students with families that had als and they would you know go the kids would go out and they would do non-medical things with these families grocery and, shop uh, for them um, get clean, clean cook. read cook take care of their kids one lady had six children and she had als and um, we had 10 volunteers, 10 Cherry Creek High School kids. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. But why, what I was saying is what, we would go out and speak to these kids at colleges and high schools, and we said, you know, if this doesn't speak to your heart, find something that speaks to your heart. Is it the environment? Is it animals? Is it whatever? And help that. You know, and I think when, when I, I know when my husband was diagnosed with ALS, you get so inside of yourself and kind of like what Donna was saying is like, well, I can't do this now. I can't. Right. No, that's when we need to, because then the eye is not on you. The eye is on helping your, you know, helping someone else. Mm. It was just, um, yes, oh, it was amazing. We had over a hundred volunteers here in Denver and it was one of probably one of the greatest. I, I still have letters and how, how these kids now are 26, 28, married with You've kids. You've gone to weddings. Weddings and baby showers. I yes. just went to a baby shower and oh, it was just amazing. Amazing. God's so good. Mm. I remember that. And I remember mm. you starting that in the midst of Stephen's diagnosis and not really knowing what the future held for your family. Mm -hmm. But it was better. It was the best thing for us. Because it got our eyes off of us. And gave uh, Stephen a really Hope. cool purpose. Purpose. To, Amen. To help others. Because his progression was slow and he was watching so many other um, ALS people die. Mm. Yeah, we went to over 50 ALS funerals. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, you crazy. know, you never know God's journey. <laughs> and it is God's journey, you know. So, uh, what a gift. What a gift. What a gift. Mm. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> I left you guys. You guys are never speechless. Speechless, no. yes. Never speechless. Well, you're smiling from ear to ear. You are. No, I just love these stories. And my husband, like, we give all the time, but I've learned from him and we're the type, like, we really don't talk about it. And I told him, I was telling him the other day, because I'm working on rebuilding his website, and I, I wanted to talk about. Is it a ministry website where he can minister to others? It's it's a it's a foundation, but it's it's gonna be like a ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's um, I told him if people only knew the playgrounds you would build and the community centers and the churches and just stuff like that, and he's like. You know, but my reward is in heaven. I don't mm -hmm. need people to know right. what I do. And then I find myself, because he was like, um, 
me and my business partner through our business two months ago, we um, bought shoes and donated them and took them down to the Denver Rescue Mission, and it's where they give the families a second chance. And yeah, so there were so many kids, and we bought them shoes, and he was like, you don't want to get publicity. I'm like, no, why do I need people to know? As as long as there's a smile on those kids' faces, yeah. that's all I need. The, the only know? thing why I think publicity is to give people ideas, not to pat ourselves on the back, because yeah. some people don't even know what how to help. Yeah, so. That's why I like the idea, Dave, of the, um, yeah, the quiz too. to see what your gifting is yes. and where you might be led to Yeah, help. I would love it if you could send that to me. Me too. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, kind of like what your love type, like what type? Love language. Love yes. languages, that's what What's it What's your ministry yeah. language? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I like that. <laughs> hey, if you want to get in touch with any of us, AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Come to any of the YMCA of the Rockies locations to fill your days and nights with our exciting and educational programs and activities. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we put Christian principles into practice with our fun and informative programs. And our facilities are located in stunning environments that help build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. We also provide conferences of a religious, educational, or recreational nature. And we specialize in offering traditional summer camping experiences for boys and girls. At the YMCA of the Rockies, every season brings affordable fun and excitement for the entire family. YMCA of the Rockies has locations near Winter Park, Rocky Mountain National Park, and Grand Lake. Go to ymcaoftherockies.org. Whether you are looking for adventure, a better way to connect with your family, or just a relaxing stroll, we can set you on your way. That's ymcaoftherockies.org. Angie Austin here. You know, I've got a great interview for you. If you need a job or if maybe you want to move the kid out of the basement, far too many people are stuck in a nowhere position in the wrong environment working for a boss they hate. Well, that's on the back cover of the book. And I'm thinking, yeah, and a lot of people just don't know how to land a better job. You don't want to stay in a job that you don't like and you don't want your kids after college to stay living in your basement. So the author of Lose the uh, Resume, Land the Job, Almost everyone gets it wrong. This is how you get it right. Gary Bernison is joining us. Welcome, Gary. Hey, thank you. So how do we get it right? Because everyone has to do, you know, job interviews and everyone wants to get the job, to get the offer. So how do we get that, uh, you know, job offer? Well, uh, I, I kind of agree with you. The first thing is take your college grads, you know, the son or daughter and, and take the basement room and put it out for rent on Airbnb. I mean, that's kind of the best way. I Look, uh, you know, people, they, they, put, they think 90% of the deal is the resume, and it's not. And so what happens is they sit there and they try to come up with the perfect resume. They agonize over a verb or adjective. They think they're Hemingway. They get so frustrated that they just give up after three hours. And so, yes, you do need a resume. That's for sure. But don't forget the other 90%. And so for me, it starts with purpose and happiness. So I sit there and you know, and say, look, do, do an honest self-assessment, even if you're coming out of college. I mean, 
you know, what, what is it that gets me, you know, that gets me going, that gets me up without the alarm clock? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And from that, actually target cities and industries and companies that interest you based on that purpose and based on happiness. And then what you've got to do is get that warm introduction into the company. So you've got to do the whole six degrees of separation thing. So I start with purpose, and then you're going to you know, target where you want to work, and then you've got to do the networking. Networking is a contact sport. But look, you want to get that warm introduction into a company. You don't want to just blindly send out resumes because if that's all you're doing, you just will go down and buy a lottery ticket. Now, how do you get that warm introduction? So you find the, you know, you find the companies that really appeal to you in, in you know, where you live. And, and you say, okay, um, you know, you got to go online and offline. You know, who's the leadership team? Who's on the board of directors? Who works there? Go on LinkedIn. Uh, Google the company. And you want to find those connectivity points. You want to find somebody that, oh, they went to this college. Well, uh, my cousin's friend went to that college. And so you've got to do, it's hard work. You've got to do that detective work of kind of triangulating to find somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that maybe worked there. And yes, that takes hard work, but it's a much better way to go than just sitting on your couch and your PJs, you know, blindly sending out resumes. And isn't it amazing how that warm introduction when someone says, hey, you know, I've got somebody I want you to consider for a job. How much more that, how much wider that opens the door? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's, I just can't even, you know, look, I've been in this for, for, you know, over three decades. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, that, that validation is gold. It's absolutely golden. And so rather than trying to create this, this incredible document that nobody, by the way, nobody's going to read anyway. You know, the average, the average person takes less than 20 seconds. You know, when you're going in for an interview, guess what? They haven't probably read your resume. Wow. So, so you know, it's a joke. And, and I'm not saying not to do it. You have to do it. But, man, focus on the other nine-tenths of the game, right? That's only a tenth of the game. I like that you talk about, uh, you know, I went on to Amazon. I was reading the reviews and about your background. And I like the simple... Um, ACT, the need to act, uh, and you talk about being authentic and making that connection uh, or warm connection, uh, and then a taste of who you are. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think the uh, being authentic, not to the point of saying, as, as my husband has a startup and recently interviewed someone, and they said that uh, the reason they left jobs so quickly is because they like work-life uh, balance. He's like, look, if I want to like go to yoga in the middle of the day or like get a latte, then I want to like go get a latte. I don't mean be that authentic, but you know, be yourself to ninety percent of that degree. Yeah, well, look, let me tell you the truth. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a negative correlation between work-life balance and career success. I mean, there's, there's nothing for free. Um, you know, that's for sure. You got you to gotta work for it. Um, but you're, you're right. So the ACT, you know, what, one step is, okay, you got to get to the door. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing is, okay, you've got an interview, so how do I get through the door? And the interview is kind of like this cross between a root canal and Disneyland, right? You don't know. <laughs> I love that. Right? And you're so, you know, you're like freaked out. What questions are they going to ask? How am I dressed? You know, all those things go through your head. And you've got you've to 
step back from that and say, what are you really trying to do? Well, you know, you're trying to make a connection because remember, they're going to have spent less than 20 seconds reading your resume. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, they're going to make a judgment on you in the first seven seconds. So, so you have to, you know, focus on ACT, being authentic, making that connection and giving the interviewer a taste of who you are, not what you've done. Um, though, you know, and, and just put it in the context of a conversation of being a guest in somebody's house for the first time. Yeah, I like that. I, I, li I like the uh, combination of uh, Disneyland and the root canal, too, because, you know, one does sound really great, and the other we just, you know, have to put up with. Or you talk about, as well, this is, was interesting to me, and it kind of caught me off guard. You talked about recent graduates looking at potential jobs as a 12- to 18-month opportunity as maybe a step to, like, stepping stones leading to their dream destination. I've never heard that described before. And when people talk about millennials in a negative connotation, they talk about how they skip from job to job to job. But you're saying they can be stepping stones. Oh, absolutely. Look, that's the new normal. I mean, it used to be, look, I'm a baby boomer, and I've got five kids, um, mostly millennials. I mean, it used to be that if you, you know, if, if you work for a lot of companies, you were called a what? You were called a job hopper. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's the opposite. Now if you've worked at a company for 10 years, um, we start to wonder, wow, are they stale? So, so forget this millennial thing or baby boomer thing. It's just the reality of the world today. It moves very, very fast. So, so there's an expectation that you are going to be quite mobile and, and you are going to work for different companies. That's kind of the new normal. So, you know, if you're starting out out of college, look, you're not trying to find the destination day one. Man, this, this is a journey. And, and the number one predictor, what we found at Corn Ferry, the number one predictor of success is learning agility. So, in other words, knowing what to do when you don't know what to do, which is good old-fashioned curiosity. And, and so you want to, the most important thing is you want to be learning and growing. So, so don't, make, you know, don't have the, the fantasy that this is going to be your dream job. Have the reality that this is going to be 18 months, and I'm going to use this and continue to parlay. I'm going to parlay this into something else. Well, I like it. Chapter three, that was my favorite chapter. I was going to ask you about the be a learn it all. You know, when I spent 10 years at NBC in Los Angeles, I started ripping scripts for 10 bucks an hour. And when I left, I was a weather woman on air. Well, that normally doesn't happen in the number two market. So I, what I did, I guess, is I job hopped within the company rather than going to different companies. But that being a learn it all, I think a lot of us think that um, the old school way of thinking was that if you were in a job for a long period of time, that earned you the opportunity to be promoted. But that's not the case. You have to learn the next job. You have to, as you put it in chapter three, be a learn it all. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, there was the kind of, you know, the the, the Peter principle, right, where you got you know, years ago, you got promoted beyond your competence. Well, now there's the Paul principle. And it just is, hey, you know, the world is changing so fast. Uh, if you don't learn, you're going to be passed by. So that's exactly right. And you can job hop within the same company. You don't have to look outside. And, and my first advice is if you hate your boss, 
you know, uh, don't necessarily assume the grass is greener. Look within the organization, depending on how big it is, mm-hmm. but look within the company itself for other opportunities. I love that. Love the book. Uh, Lose the resume, land the job. Gary, where do we go for more info? Uh, you can loseresume.com or Amazon. Loseresume.com, and I'm on Amazon right now. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. See you later. Hello, hello. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie. She had to take off, but I wanted to get this really important interview. I have Skip Vanderbach on the line here. He's from the Denver USO. Hi, Skip. How are you doing today? Good. How you doing, Dave? Very well. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, I'm really excited to let our listeners know about some of the things that the USO has been doing. I know a lot of people still think, you know, it's uh, Bob Hope entertaining people uh, overseas, and that's all that they do. Uh, Bob Hope long gone now, and uh, the USO is still very, very active. And why don't you tell us about a couple of things that you still do here around town as the you're the president of the USO Denver, right? I'm actually the center director is my title here oh, for the Denver area for the USO. Um, but yeah, so my, my responsibility is here in Denver. We have uh, two facilities, um, one out at the Denver airport. Um, we uh, operate in a concourse. Uh, it's a military lounge, basically, for all the traveling military um, that are coming through. So active duty, National Guard, reserve, their family members. And on a space available basis, we will also use, uh, allow volunteer, sorry, allow retirees to use the facilities. Um, we see about 120,000 people a year at the airport. Uh, downtown, we're located uh, 19th in California at the military entrance processing station there. Uh, we saw about 25,000 people last year in our first full year being open there. Um, again, military recruits, recruiters, um, the staff there that's processing new recruits in the military and that we serve there. And then we do outreach programming from Castle Rock all the way up to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and beyond in some cases that... Um, supports all the military, again, active duty guard reserve, their family members. Um, we reached about 30,000 people last year uh, doing that. So total wow. about 182,000 military in the area that we were able to take care of last year through a variety of things that we do. Well, that's awesome. This is exactly why we want you on the good news. Uh, we love anybody who supports the military. We're huge, staunch supporters of the military. Many of the people on our show, um, particularly our very good friend Beatrice Bruno, was a drill sergeant. She's the drill sergeant of life. She was a drill sergeant in the Army. And, uh, you know, she keeps us in check and makes sure that we are always making sure that we pay attention to our veterans. But then also a lot of people kind of overlook active military. Is that, what, is that something that you found too? Um, I, I think that we still see that there's a lot of support for the active duty military, too. Um, I, we know that there's been a lot going on um, since 2001 um, with military constantly being deployed and on the road and that. And I think there's still a lot of strong support out there uh, across the area um, for our military members, their families, and all that. So I don't, I don't really see that being a, a big issue. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good. Yeah, I, and it's always we do appreciate and thank everyone listening for their service. I hope um, that you all get to come home and be with your families. And um, I hope that, you know, maybe Skip can help you out if you're listening. Uh, what are some other things that you can do that you'd like people to know about that you do at the USO that you may be able to help a veteran or uh, help an active duty member? Or how is it that if you're not in the military, is there a way that you can get involved with the USO? 
So we're always looking for volunteers. So here in Denver, we only have four staff members, and we have 200 volunteers that actually make our operations run. Um, so we're always looking for volunteers. And to get involved with us, just go to volunteers.uso.org and then put in um, the local information for you're at, and it'll get you in touch with the, the closest USO to you. So it's not just here in Denver that USO needs volunteers. It's, it's all over the place. But for our military members out there, uh, USO has a variety of different services. Um, we do programs under USO um, Delivers, USO Entertains, um, USO Transitions. Uh, those type of programs are out there for all the military members. Um, one of the big areas is the USO Transitions piece, which is partly being where the new recruits come in, helping to welcome in the military, but also we're connecting them to our USO Pathfinder program on helping to make the move from military life to civilian life when they're done. Uh, helping them make connections with um, people who can help them with resume writing, getting additional education, how to get into um, veterans' benefits, those type of things, and navigating those paths, which was sometimes can be difficult. The military does a great job of trying to prepare you when you make that transition, but sometimes you need extra resources when you get out. I made the transition a year and a half ago after being active duty Air Force for 26 years, um, moved here to Colorado, and just needed some little extra help um, fine-tuning uh, fine resumes and interview skills and that type of stuff. And the USO resources actually helped me do that, helped me land the job here with the company. So, <laughs> Well, that's awesome. That's all, You know, I'm glad that you made it through your transition. And I know that a lot of active military, when they come home, they have a hard time kind of transitioning back into just normal civilian life. Um, there's a, I guess there's a lot more freedom. I am not an active military, although I, I, I've never been in the military, although I completely appreciate everyone who sacrificed their time and their energy and all of that to go through the military. I want to thank you for your service. And, uh, you know, and I, I really like this idea that you were just talking about the transition. I think that that is one of the most important places where we can divert our, you know, uh, uh, put our attention so that we can actually help people who have helped us get back into their regular life and start going and get a job. And I, I really like that idea. Yeah, it's it's a very helpful program. Um, transitioning is, is kind of a, one of those stressful things when you make that move. Um, but we also do a lot of other things to the USO to try and to reduce the stress on our military members. Uh, we offer a lot of programs here in the area for entertainment options. Uh, we've recently been working with a lot of the uh, the sports teams, uh, the, the great folks at Kroenke Sports, uh, as well as the Rockies and that on getting tickets donated so that we can get our military members to a lot of the games. Um, also through a lot of our outreach events, they're designed to uh, bring entertainment and that, um, not only here locally, but, but across uh, the world to our service members that are out there. Uh, here on this weekend, we just did a, a little Bob Hope entertainer. Uh, we brought in an impersonator over to Buckley Air Force Base and had him put on a little show. It was the 77th anniversary of Bob Hope's first show with us. So Bob Hope is still alive and well um, <laughs> in, in regards to the USO. Um, but um, we also do things um, worldwide. So there was just a recently a USO tour that went around. Uh, I think it was the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff was with it. Um, and they had a variety of entertainers. The one that comes to mind was John Stewart was with them traveling around and seeing our service members out uh, in the field. Um, so those those things are still going on with the USO. And we're, we're trying to keep those military members connected to family, home, and country throughout their entire service to our nation. Right, right. And I think it's so important. A lot of people, I think, would overlook the entertainment value. But the, the way that I know that, you know, Bob Hope or I know cheerleaders and I know people throughout all of time, uh, you know, since the USO started, they go over and they help the troops. And it just it revives you in a way that you can't even describe. 
having been in the service and seeing USO troops uh, or USO shows as a troop member overseas, yeah, it was it was something. It, it broke up the the things that you were thinking about daily, being away from family, being away from the things that you were used to, and that type of thing. Brought you kind of back to home, kind of reminded you what you were fighting for, uh, and it was just kind of a, a nice break um, from the stress of life when you when you're out on the road in the military. Well, that's so great. Well, we're almost out of time here. I want to thank you, Chuck, for being here, and thanks for bringing the USO and sharing the USO with our listeners. Why don't you go ahead and tell us how we can get a hold of you again, and in case uh, any of our listeners want to volunteer, remember, uh, we actually broadcast in Portland, Oregon, and um, Alabama, we and down in um, Birmingham, Alabama, and so th- if there's people there that may want to get in touch and volunteer, how can they do that? Um, so... You can go, uh, if you want just general information about the USO, uh, just go to USO.org uh, on the web, uh, and you can find a lot of good information about what the USO does uh, around the area uh, or around the world. Here in Denver, uh, you can check out our website, denver.uso.org. Uh, if you're looking to volunteer, you can go to volunteers.uso.org. Or uh, if you've got questions about USO Denver, um, you can email USO Denver at USO.org and ask for Skip Vanderbach, that's me, uh, and I will look at the questions and get back to people as soon as I can with uh, any information that may be requested. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Please support the USO, and um, if you're in earshot, go ahead and volunteer. We really appreciate you being on the show, Skip. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us, Dave. Appreciate it. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303-238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. Uh, They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two. And I call 303-238-JANE, and they come right to my house with a truck, and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustin radio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to angieaustinradio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. angieaustinradio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the good news with Angie Austin. This is Jennifer Bishop. And 
I am thrilled and honored to have Miss Beatrice Bruno in the house today. All right. Big round of applause for our Miss B. And we also have Miss Donna Hetzler, the Jericho girl. Yes. Uh-huh. So, Miss Beatrice, tell us about what you were up to these days. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It well, might be easier to say what you haven't been up to these days. <laughs> yes. You know, God is just moving right now. He's doing some stuff in my life that I never thought I would see. And um, as the drill sergeant of life, as an author, as a speaker, you know, taking me to different places, getting ready to go to um, New York to the U.N. with my good friend, Ambassador Sinise Dixon, and sell books over there. But I'm really excited about this event coming up April 28th in Louisville, Colorado. It's the Not Just a Rib Conference. And to help women, female entrepreneurs, see that they're more than a rib. Yes, okay. I love they're more that. Than, they're mm. more than just a, a piece that came out of the man's side. Because God has equipped us to do the things that he has called us to do in this season of our lives. And I'm going to talk to them about being more than enough. Mm. Because how often do we see our sisters so so down and out and say, well, I, I can't do this and I can't do that and I'm just not enough and I don't have enough education. I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. And that's not true. That's right. Because God has equipped us with everything we need. Mm. See, w when God allowed me to go into the Army in 1977, I signed up um, October the 14th, 1976. I remember all my dates clearly. I do. entered basic training March the 9th, 1977. Oh, my okay? goodness. And I, I, I remember the first time a drill sergeant said to me, drop! And I'm like, <laughs> drop what? I'm not holding anything. <laughs> hey, you get down and do those push-ups. But from that moment, God was equipping me to become the drill sergeant of life. And so everything that he put in in me or allowed to be put into me while I was in the army, I'm using it now to help other people, women especially, to become all that they were called and created to be in the army of, of, of God. You mm -hmm. see, we have a we have a mission. Our, our first mission is our families, mm -hmm. our husbands, if we're married and our children. Then our second mission is for us as women to equip other women. Mm. How often do we see our, our, our sister girls? That's okay, right. Our yes. sisters from another mister so downtrodden and so, so hurt and so beat up by life. But we should be equipping them. Yes. And so the Not Just a Rib Conference, um, again, April 28th over in Louisville, Colorado. That's a Saturday. Um, you can find tickets at notjustaribconference.com. And it's to equip female entrepreneurs to be their best at everything that they're doing. Yes. And we mm. can do that. And that's what I love about you. I mean, you're just the heartbeat of what my ministry, Jericho Girls, Amen. is all about, is equipping women, yes. you know, to be their very best. And I love it because you're so encouraging. You encouraged me this morning when we had breakfast together, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. It's She gets you to that next level. And then it's just like God. You get to that next level, and it's like, okay, <laughs> now you did some push-ups. Now we're going to do one-arm <laughs> push-ups. Come on, girl. You can do this. And I feel so inspired. I'm like, yeah, I can do a one-arm push up watch me Amen. <laughs> well and myself I mean Beatrice you've helped me you're my writing coach now you 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 saw in me what I didn't see in me and you are definitely the real deal this last weekend we were at a conference that you were the keynote speaker and it it just it moves me to no end, to see how you do what you say you're going to do. Amen. 
You know, you are the drill sergeant of life. Amen. And, and I, our, with our son being in the Marines, I, first I thought a drill sergeant was just somebody to yell that yells at you, but that's not it. No. They're encouraging, and you are the most encouraging person that I know. Thank you. So thank I'll you. I'll amen to that. Amen. Yes. <laughs> so you, the listeners can get in touch with me, Beatrice, yes. at drillsergeantoflife.com. Hey, come to the conference April 28th. That's a Saturday um, out in Louisville, Colorado. Get your tickets today, not just ribconference.com. So God bless y'all, and we love y'all with the love of Jesus, and we'll see you next time. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.